guys welcome back to another episode of morning skate this is episode 160 that's right we're doing two weeks in a row buckle up it's going to be legit dude you got ketters here ketter pod jimmy cad whatever you want to call me morning skate cad that's my twitter handle i'm here i'm the host uh normally we have biz dev dale who is really super excited to come back he just picked up a dog in detroit so he is off tonight again and uh i, I got hal here hal what's up buddy how are you doing man I'm good, dude. It's been a while since we've given Vizdev Dale a suspension. I'm just going to toss it out there. Uh, sometimes the best the best way to handle these situations is just with old-fashioned discipline. Like, you know, I thought I thought we had a buckle-down meeting last week, um, and I, I thought it felt like it was all hands on deck. But pretty clearly, this is like this is like a situation, dude, where like you're playing Warzone or like if you've ever played like Warzone with your friends or random people, and you buy someone back and they're not there. Yeah, they're, they're like taking fall. a shit or something, yeah. and then they die because they don't pull their parachute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, you just wasted all of that for them. Like, I just, I don't want to draw comparisons to that, but I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, and coincidentally, that's 100% happened to Dale before. And also, like, <clears throat> I'm just thinking, like, back in the older days, like, in in school, I think like the teachers used to just hammer kids with rulers, right? Yeah. Like Dale would be black and blue by pretty soon, right? Yeah, I think so. Flip side for Dale, though, and we're going to get to this later. Uh, he went to Detroit to get a dog. Um, went to showed, 8 Mile, dude. I showed that photo to, like, a dude who, like, likes dogs. And you know what he said about Dale's dog named Grizzly? He said that puppy has big paws. Got, you know, there's nothing There's nothing better. I mean, that's, like, the ultimate compliment for a dog, I think. Like, if, if somebody comes up and you're like, look at the paws on that dog, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like that separates, like, the athletes sometimes from the non-athletes. So, congrats, Dale. Your dog has big paws. I feel like that's a win when you're buying dogs off Craigslist from Michigan. Uh, you don't, you might not know what you're getting. It seems like it was a W. Yeah, and, and also, like, let's not forget about Stevie. Stevie's doing great. Uh, we haven't really talked about her, how you haven't asked about her. Her paws are, are definitely bigger than Grizzly's paws. And, uh, <laughs> and, she, and she's definitely – she's getting darker. She's going to be a darker golden retriever. Like, it's starting to come all out. Her, her puppy fur's leaving. The, the big girl fur's coming in. She's growing like a weed, dude. That's just that coat of middle grove soil. That's yeah. that difference in the – It's in not the- soil, dude. It's soot. It's sucked, right? But that's the difference between, like, the golden retrievers on the cul-de-sac and the golden retrievers oh, out in the woods is when you're out in that sut near Lake Desolation and you got the deer droppings, it's just all natural. Uh, it kind of browns you out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the only clothing that Stevie's ever going to be wearing is a Rangers jersey. She isn't going to be walking around with any sort of fucking vest or, you know, argyle. So, uh, well, side note on that, though, are you, like, a bandana are you yeah, I think so. Yeah, so uh, recently just kind of got into a new something with somebody, and she's a she's a uh, beer rep. So uh, I got a twisted tea bandana, and there, there. I mean, there's nothing better than that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like that's, and that's like a good bandana too. I feel like that might be like a conversation starter, possibly. Like, it's not a bad option there. Like, it's better than just like the classic flannel bandana, which I know serves a purpose. 
people and you see a dog with big paws walking down the street with a twisted tea bandana hanging, you know it means business. Absolutely. And you know that their owner just loves mowing the lawn and getting buckled by, by, with twisted teas, dude. And again, shout out to Stevie's paws, bigger than Grizz's paws. <laughs> so, uh, but let me tell you, uh, we're going to hop into this. This might end up being my favorite podcast of all time because some serious, serious news happened in New York last night. Uh, I'm out there. I'm watching chick flicks. You know, I'm putting my time in. And I get, and I get a text from, uh, from Big Red, dude. Big Red sends me a text. We talked about him, what, last week or the week before. And uh, actually, fuck, I don't have my phone on me. But it says something along the lines of, thanks for Mark Stahl. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I said, thank you for Mark Stahl in the second-round pick. So I just said, what? I, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> Sends me a screenshot. Detroit Red Wings acquire Mark Stahl, second-round pick for future considerations. I immediately jump on Twitter, and I just start searching. Because I'm like, you know what? This is probably some dickhead who changed like their, their account to NY Rangers with a Z and like put like a fucking stupid emoji next to it, and everybody's thinking Mark Stahl gets traded. No. Um, it's real life. Uh, and again, I was watching chick flicks with somebody. So to say I startled them, uh, would be a, a massive understatement. The same, it was pretty much the same reaction when the Rangers got the first overall pick with Lafreniere. There was a lot of screaming. There's a lot of jumping up and down. And when you're in the middle of PS, I love you. That can startle somebody. Uh, I'm just, dude, I'm fucked. I couldn't, I literally couldn't believe it. And you're going to, you're going to call me soft, whatever you want. I literally started tearing up. Because all I wanted to do was call my dad. Like, that is literally all I wanted to do. I couldn't fucking believe it. So my first call is I called my mom, who doesn't really know shit about hockey. I'm like, Mark Stahl got traded. And she goes, oh, man, your dad would have loved that. So I thought that was cool. We were on the same page there. I can't believe it, dude. I, I mean, I wish you guys could see my face right now. I am. Life is good. Life is good for a Rangers fan. Not only do they clear up $5.7 million of cap, which you're going to need to use to sign, like, <laughs> Strom, D'Angelo, maybe they can bring back Jesper Fast. Mark Stahl's not on the Rangers anymore, dude. It's been 13 fucking years that I've had to put up with this bullshit, and now it's not there anymore. It's insane. Now, I will give credit where credit is due. Mark Stahl, here, I thought this was an interesting stat, dude. He played 892 regular season games with the Rangers. Okay, I, th I still think he's a piece of shit, but, like, you have to be somewhat decent to put up 892 regular season games. That's the only thing I'm going to give him. So shout, shout out to Mark Stahl's 892 games. Shout out to Jeff Gordon, who has done absolutely nothing but make the Rangers better since he's gotten here. It, it blows my mind. Like Cabo Caco, Lexi Lafreniere, Artemi Panarin, Ryan Lindgren, uh, Adam Fox, Tony – I mean, Tony D'Angelo. Like all these younger kids that are fucking crushing it, this is all because of Jeff Gordon, dude. This is all because of that letter – that you sent me, oh, yeah, Tim Schaller sent a letter out on Facebook Live, dude. Thanks, Tim Schaller, dude, because Jeff Gorton finally got rid of Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl's not on the New York Rangers anymore. Uh, cloud nine, to, to say the least. And I'm getting, I'm getting tweets from people I don't even know last night being like, is Morning Skate Cat okay? How many times has Morning Skate Cat cranked it tonight? Like, it's, it's gone on and on and on. I had so many different text messages from different people like, hey, congratulations. It was literally like, like I just got drafted into the NHL. And all these people are like, Ked, you can do it, dude. And I, just, I would like to appreciate my supporters uh, throughout the years of my Mark Stahl hatred. Um, th there are some big questions. Who's going to be my new Mark Stahl? I haven't quite yet decided yet. Um, but for right now, man, 
you look at, at the Rangers, and I, I, I don't even think I'm being a homer. They're going to be really, really fucking good at some point not that far away. And this is just another move that they made that it just makes sense. <coughs> now you can have younger kids come up. Now you can sign a fucking veteran defenseman who isn't a bum and put him out there. So uh, do you have any questions? Do you have any thoughts towards this, dude? Like, you know that this was – this might be my favorite moment in all 160 podcasts that we've done. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just 13 years. What can't you say about the guy? Um, it's we all. I just. I hope there's fans in the crowd next year. Uh, Mark Stahl comes home night. There's if there are fans in the crowd, like you have to come to the realization. 13 years on the on the Rangers. A lot of people are acting like he's like this all-time great Ranger right now, right? He's getting a ton of love. Which I will say one thing. Like the one thing you can say about Mark Stahl is like he never really like created. Like, he was, like, a good teammate off the ice. You know what I mean? Like, his personality, like, he seems like a fine dude. That's the thing that always kind of pissed me off, though, because whenever anybody asks somebody on the Rangers, like, who one of their favorite people in the locker room was or who's, like, the funniest, Mark Stahl was always, like, one of the first names. And I and you know me. I fucking hate the guy. So, like, always rub me the wrong way. I'm like, why can't this guy be a fucking nerd? Guess he's not a nerd. Um, but, yeah, keep going. Yeah, and I would say to that, too, like, I think the other thing people have to realize is I think a huge reason you hate Mark Stahl is because it just seemed like no matter what coach was in the organization, they just always gave time to Mark Stahl just, like, out of respect, even when he wasn't playing well. And I honestly think the reality of Mark Stahl is it's a guy – he was a stay-at-home defenseman who wasn't exactly, like, that fast to begin with, and his body gave out on him. Like, it sucks, dude. It's not his fault his body gave out on him. But at the same time, if you're a Rangers fan, you can't – I don't know. You can't be acting like Mark Stahl has been great for you the last couple of years. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, go on. No, yeah. two things. I think, one, you nailed it. I, I don't think I gave him credit because of how bad he was on the ice. But when you really think about it, it's not like Mark Stahl's just jumping over the bench. Like, Coach, you were right. Coaches kept putting this fucking guy out there over and over and over again. Mark Stahl, Nick Holden against the Ottawa Senators was one of the biggest travesties ever to go down in the, in the National Hockey League. Like, that's, that's just a fact. Um, and yeah, I was hard on him. I, I fucking was hard on him. And I'm going to continue to be hard on him. I don't like, I don't like him as a player. I never have. I, he's just too slow. Everybody keeps talking about the big stick. Like, cool, dude, just fucking put a plug in yours. And you have the same fucking size stick as Mark Stahl. Like that, that doesn't really give me anything. Uh, but I mean, I was blown away. 892 regular season games, dude. And like, he did have a fucking big goal against the caps in overtime that one time. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, dude, it was like every time he was out there, he's turned the puck over and you hear Sam Rose and Joe Micheletti talk about how fucking old reliable he is. And it's like, stop. Like, I think, I think that was a big problem is the, the media and everybody made him out to seem like he was a perennial fucking all-star and he wasn't. And I think that also rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe I'm coming to the realization I was too hard on him. Uh, No, I mean, I think it was justified towards the end. I think... I don't know. I, I think I think you just saw what he was, and it was kind of a player that gets played too much and makes too many mistakes. That's the thing. Like, too, with Mark Stahl, when I, like going back to his body breaking down, uh, like when your body breaks down, Mark Stahl can still make the plays in the defensive zone. The issue is when Mark Stahl makes a play in the defensive zone, he struggles to get it out. And then, like, if they turn the puck over, like what's, what's really the difference before – like between where you were at before. have fucking wheels dude the guy just he was just a turnover machine that's all he was and like you know what he fucking put his body on the line 
fuck his brother for giving him a concussion. We're really going to talk about it. Eric Stahl. That's on, that's on you, dude. Way to hurt a family member. Real stand-up guy. And then, uh, I mean, never forget the slap shot. I think it was a chemo team in slap shot where, where he lost vision in his right eye. It, it, the list goes on and on. The one thing that I have a problem with all about this is this whole participation, like, metal crowd where it's like, I need to be the first one to thank Mark Stahl so I can get a ton of retweets and favorites. Like, how many times have you seen somebody literally act like this guy's jersey should be in the fucking rafters? And it's like, in what fucking world? Yeah, I mean, the that's something that I've come, kind of come to grips with or gripes with. I don't know how to fucking say that. Uh, with, like, this situation I brought up before, like – the tribute videos, it feels like everybody gets a tribute video now. It feels like if you get a stint in the city for, like, a year and a quarter, like, you better wait for that second intermission and, like, buckle up. Cause, this, like, is okay. I, this is an okay tribute video, though. The guy was on the range for 13 fucking years. Yeah, no, I agree with that, but I, I think the correlation I'm trying to make is just, like, in both situations, it just seems like it does get exaggerated a ton. Like, not, a ton. And it's not, not that people are saying new shit. They're just saying the same shit with different words to get fucking 50 retweets and 180 likes and get that like self like, ooh, I'm the man today. No. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to compliment somebody too when you know they're not going to be playing in game one for your team. Like, Yeah, I just – I don't I, – I, I haven't been this happy. And let me ask you this. What's Steve Eiserman doing? Honestly, what the fuck is that guy doing? I what do you mean, dude? He just got a second round pick. He has I like this move for Detroit a lot for one reason. This is the old Coyotes trick. You just stock up on draft picks. If you have ownership He does like, only have like a year left on his contract. Yeah, and if you have ownership, you can either one, your D sucks. Like if you look at like they have some young guys like Chalowski and those guys, they have some interesting pieces on defense, but their defense is not good. They lost Jonathan Erickson and they and they lost Trevor Daly. That's two guys on their left side that are gone. Stahl's going to like kind of go in there and be probably that third pair left defenseman on arguably the worst team in hockey, not the worst situation. And really what you're doing is you're eating $5.7 million of cap on a year. You're going to suck to get a second round pick. And that's yeah, worth- I, I just, I don't know, man. I would have thought that the Rangers would have to give like a first for that to happen. Or like the, like the fact that they're not retaining any salary blows my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, I get, I get that for sure. I think, I don't know. I, if I was a Rangers fan, I would be happy. And if I was a Detroit Red Wings fan, I would be happy. I think the yeah. ultimate win. Although, question for you, Big Red, is he, like, excited of the prospect of, like, stall the player on their team? No, I don't think so. I think he was being really sarcastic. I think he just meant, like, <laughs> thank you for the second-round pick. Yeah, right, which is the win. So, ultimately – if It's actually kind of poetic, too, because I think I was at Siena at the time that they re-signed Mark Stahl. And I was at Siena. Wherever I was, the first person to text me the update on Mark Stahl was Big Red. There you go. And I would I would also like to just throw out there too, uh like if you're trying to be the worst team in the league and tank for a high draft pick, having like a old turnover prone defenseman back there kinda helps. Yeah, and for what it's worth, everybody in the media says he's like an unbelievable meter uh leader and all this shit. Like I, I whatever. Yeah, like, I mean he could be good. Well, like he only got in one fight and it was with Alex Simon and they just slapped each other. So like as yeah, but I would say, like, leader, I, I want a leader that'll beat the wheels off of somebody. And I know, like, Eric Stahl's a better hockey player, but Buffalo just traded for Eric Stahl to kind of do the same thing. Like, maybe Detroit was like, wow, like, let's grab a Stahl brother, too, and let's just get this chemistry going. I just can't believe that he's not going to be on Like, for the last 13 years, I've had to endure this. You know, it's been really painful for me. And uh, Yeah. 
Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I, I, thank you. <laughs> uh, moving on. This one might hurt you a little bit. Uh, Rear Admiral comes out and says, look for the Bruins to trade Tory Krug's rights tomorrow to the team ex- looking exclusively for nego- negotiations before UFA opens on 10-9. Colorado, Florida, Vegas, and Detroit are among the suitors. I think we talked about this a little while ago with Detroit, <coughs> with Detroit because that's his hometown. Um, what do you have on this? I mean, if the Bruins absolutely know they're not going to fucking sign Tory Krug, you have to do this. Get something. Yeah, no, I agree, dude. It doesn't seem like we're going to sign Tory Krug. I've kind of, it sucks, and like I'm not going to slander Tory Krug, but I've kind of gotten over it. Um, which is kind of fucked because he's been such a crucial part of our team. I just think he wants a ton of money, and I just look at, like, our lineup, and I don't think we can spend that much money. And we have all these defensemen that Trader Don Sweeney drafted and is high on that are, like, from age, like, 24 to 19 that, like, want to crack. It's like, all right, let's give him a crack. Like, shed some salary, get another score. Um, I don't hate that look for the Bruins. So if that's what has to happen – I'm fine with it. I still feel confident with our D. And then looking at these four teams, Ked, obviously Detroit is, like, the coolest scenario. I would hope Tory Krug doesn't go to Florida. Like, I know they have Q, but they have Bob on that huge-ass contract. Like, it seems like Florida's GM gets canned every other year. It's just so weird. Like, the Panthers organization, they didn't choose Scott Mellenby, uh, correct? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Let me no, – I- I might have just totally blown that. I felt like Scott Mellenby was involved for the Florida Panthers, and I feel like he did not get chosen. Um, but, yeah, dude, I don't know. I just – Nope, he didn't get chosen. So, I don't I don't like Florida. I think Detroit makes sense. I mean, Colorado would be a sick move, but they already have Sam Girard and Kale McCarr. Like, why do they need Tory Krug? I don't get oh, that. Oh, Iron coming up. Yeah, I don't get that move. Vegas, to me, is wait, – Wait, wait, is Ian, is Ian Cole's on the abs, right? Yeah. I fucking love that guy. I love the way that guy plays hockey. He plays hard. He's not, like, the toughest dude in the world, but, like, I I, I think I'm going to even call it for him, dude. He blocks shots, dude. You can give him a block shot. So, I think, like, Colorado doesn't make sense. To me, the team I look at is Vegas. Like, I talked about it last podcast. They're, like, missing a player or two. I don't like Vegas that much. I would not root for him on Vegas. Uh, but you know, I like think they, that would make like sense, dude. That much, dude. Is that we just said? The last podcast that we had, we have a comment here. Uh, let me look this up really quick. In the comments from, from MIAH66, I don't even care about the Knights at all, but I absolutely love Howe's unending hatred of them. And, <laughs> and you tell me that you that you don't like them that much. <laughs> I still don't like them, dude. I just think it would make their team better. I guess that was my point. Tory Krug would be a sick old knight. No? <clears throat> Here's my thing, dude. Like, I feel like you need, like, not huge defensemen, but – I. All these teams that we just mentioned, other than, like, Detroit, they have, like, those smaller-type defensemen, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he'll never go there. But can you imagine, like, Tory Crew going to Montreal? He would look like a Montreal defenseman. He would – He yeah, but you have Shea Weber there. You have Jeff Petrie. Like, they're kind of missing that, like, smaller puck-moving defenseman, right? Like, they traded Sergeyev. Like, Tory Krug in Montreal would be fucking sick. I doubt that that happens. I don't even know what their cap space is like. But I'm trying to think of different teams that, like – don't have too many of those puck moving defensemen because I think the Knights they have Shea Theodore right, and then I'm sure they have other fucking younger guys there. I'm not. Yeah, and I and I know I know it's kind of like uh, I know it's kind of like they have similar players, but I look at the three Canadian teams out west like Tory Krug. Think of Tory Krug as like a Canuck, a Flame, or Oiler. I feel like all three of those make sense. I feel like 
all three. If you put Tori Krug on a power play with Dreisaitl and McDavid, like you don't think that a hundred percent is the number one power play in the league, like year yeah. in and year out, like that works. I, I look at like the flames uh, and Giordano's getting older, but like, and they have a really strong decor too, right? Like they have Rasmus Anderson. They I have love Rasmus guys. Anderson. Yeah. I do too. I, so they have good guys. And then, Obviously, the Wait, I want to call a quick pause. I've always kind of wanted to like once a year buy a jersey of a different team just so I can kind of like get like my jersey cloud up and like just like different players I like. And the one jersey, I think the first jersey I'm going to get of a different team is going to be that red Calgary, like the fucking super bright one. I think it might be a Rasmus Anderson jersey. I mean, that would be, I guess that would be a sick jersey, dude. I, I also like that he spells Anderson with two S's, so I think that kind of makes it even more of a wild card move. That's a, that's a Swedish thing, because so does Leas Anderson. <laughs> yeah, shout out Leas Anderson. I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but there was an alarming text in the podcast in the podcast group, like group chat about Leas Anderson. Did you see that? Yeah. I don't have anybody's number saved, so I'm not going <laughs> to divulge. But yeah, I just, I mean, he's kind of lighting it up right now. But nope, I don't care. Only Anderson I'm wearing my back's Rasmus, dude. But but keep going, keep going. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. All right. What do you have, dude? Like Tory Krug, like what do you think? Dude, if you're not gonna fucking sign him, trade him. Like that's a no brainer. Yeah, and but you're only gonna get like this. From there, who the fuck cares where you trade him? Like if from a Boston standpoint, you're just gonna give him to whoever's gonna give you a high enough draft pick. I would is, say. There, is there like a clause in it that you can't like trade him and then end up signing him anyways? I doubt da- I, I don't know. I'm sure that's that's negotiated among I mean, dude, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I can't do the bait and switch. No, I don't think so. That'd be sick, dude. But I doubt it. That's that's something I would do. Like as a GM, like yeah, I'm gonna fuck up this guy. Here we go. Boom. Get my yeah. get the draft pick and then resign him. But uh, all right, we're gonna move on. This is kind of a sad story. Former Jets defenseman Dustin Bufflin unlikely to play in the NHL game. Teams have asked. One of the teams that have asked is Minnesota Wild. They figured because Bufflin has a lot of guys in Minnesota, you want to play there and they could use him. They're probably the only team that has a chance, but I checked with Bufflin's agents, uh, Ben Hankinson, and he said it's doubtful Bufflin will play again, said Elliot Friedman. I mean, this guy has brought me so much joy and entertainment throughout the years. I mean, there were, I think, I can remember three or four different instances in the playoffs where there'd be a scrum and, and Bufflin would literally have two guys and just start ragdolling them. And it was the, it was the funniest thing because, like, those guys wanted nothing to do with it. They just, they just happened to be in the, in the grasp of Bufflin and, like, Dustin Bufflin's just he's a he's a player that I mean we'll probably see another player like that again but a guy that can play defense and offense a guy that can fucking hammer a puck 100 miles an hour and not only that he's a bowling ball like could you could you imagine like being one-on-one with Dustin Bufflin what do you even do there's a guy in our beer league called Billy West he played for UConn he's like I don't know, he's probably like 6'4 and he's a huge dude and like trying to take the puck away from him is impossible and he played at UConn like I can't imagine what it would be like to even remotely try to take the puck away from Dustin Bufflin with him coming full tilt at you. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. It's a sad day. I think we were always big buff fans. I think one of my like few, I've written like eight blogs. I checked back. I've written eight blogs. One was on Dustin Bufflin. So uh, clearly he means something special to me. You're right. I don't think we'll see any player like it again. And oh, I mean, actually, we, yeah, we absolutely won't because all these new players love spire or bio steel and all these energy drinks and shit. Where like Dustin Bufflin's hammered donuts and hot dogs in the offseason, showing up 325, drop a couple pounds, and he's an elite defenseman. Yeah, that's Seriously. insane, dude. Like, all of these NHL players are like three percent body fat and just muscle fucking everywhere. And Dustin Bufflin shows up like the fat dude at Stewart's down the road, and he's one of the best players in the fucking league, man. 
Yeah, dude. And I, and I guess I'll close with 2010 playoffs, right? That run 11 goals when they won the cup and every single overweight Bantam B player thought they were going to be the next Dustin Bufflin watching oh him out there. I'll you, never, I, I bet you if you ask Patty Maroon who motivated him as an NHL player, he'd probably say Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, well, Patty Maroon was struggling down Glens Falls Civic Center just looking up to Dusty Buff. Just I mean, Dustin really, Bufflin's lifestyle, too. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, if you think – something about the name Dustin, too, because the guy who actually reminds me a lot of Bufflin when he played offense, obviously not as physical, but Dustin Penner, just like big boy. <laughs> like, Dustin yeah. Penner was pretty bad, but he had a couple good seasons. I don't know. He's an athlete. I love the, I love the name Dustin. Uh, I, I thought about like maybe naming one of my kids Dusty Miller. Yeah, uh, strictly Dusty for the nickname Miller. Dusty. Dusty Miller Collins, dude, like that fucking kid is a goal scorer. But who knows? <laughs> uh, talking about the morning skate bump, uh, taking it kind of from Spin Chicklets. Whenever Spin Chicklets talks about somebody, they fucking crush it. Whenever the morning skate talks about something, it goes the exact opposite way. We recently mentioned Bobby Ryan and how we think you know he might have a you know bounce back year. We're, we're pulling for him. Well, he was waived and bought out by the Senators uh, literally the next week. So, shout out to us for that. And uh, would you take a pass on Bobby Ryan? Yeah, 100%. I was going to say, dude, I think this is a positive. If you're Bobby Ryan, like, I feel like a, a lot of times it sucks, right? Because you get bought out. It's like, all right, like, my team didn't want it's me. It's embarrassing. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. But it's like, in this situation, it's like, I have a huge contract and I play for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, and I can get out and like, and I can still really, be paid the same money. I'm going to get paid. Yeah. And I cheap contract and go to a sick team. And I would say that, I would say that his stock is pretty high. Like he kind of fizzled out, but like his stock after that game, his first game back last year, it showed like he has something left in the tank. If you're a team looking for like a third line score, I a hundred percent would take a waiver on Bobby. Ryan. Well, I, w- I would even say if you're a team that has a dynamic player on a line that you, that you could put anybody with them and have them elevate their game. What you just said, Bobby Ryan, I mean, the first game back scored a hat trick. He's still a hell of a player. Can you imagine him playing on a wing with, like, Sidney Crosby? Or, like, can you imagine him playing, uh, like, if they ever split up the perfect line in Boston, like, putting him with, like, a pasta or Bergeron and, like, moving Martian around? Like, yeah, he probably would be more suitable for the third line, but I'd love to see him get an opportunity to play with, like, somebody sick and, like, absolutely resurrect his career because that would be unreal. Yeah, and I mean – Whenever you talk about Ryan, you got to talk about – I mean, he arguably has, like, the greatest YouTube goal highlight of all time, that playoff goal yeah. where he undresses 3D. Um, I don't – yeah, you're right. I mean, if you look at him on the Ducks, like, he was sick on the Ducks, like the up-and-coming young American. I don't know. I hope he figures it out. I'm looking at it as a positive buyout. Yeah, and, like, I, I don't – he's not going to go to the Rangers, but, you, like, you look at what Panarin did for, like, Ryan Strom's career, and he's Ryan Strom. Like, I think if you were to put Bobby Ryan with a player – who can elevate his teammates on a line, like a topper line, like any Bobby Ryan, he was, he was used to it. Like he used to be on those top lines. So yeah. I don't know. We'll wait and see. That'd be really cool. Uh, this one's just really quick. Per the Coyotes director of statistical analysis, Brad Rossin is no longer with the organization. The new GM is coming in there and he's doing everything that Chica did, but opposite. And he's just firing everybody. And I love every second of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know who Brad Rossin is either. Um, I just looked up his Twitter. Proud Canadian director of statistical anal- analysis for the Arizona Coyotes. This dude looks like – That's not even it, dude. There's more Coyote changes. The director of North American Amateur Scouting, Phil McRae, and Amateur Scout Matt Mil- Milbury are also no longer with the organization. Like, they, they just came in 
and just started trading it or just getting rid of like their entire staff. It's this un- Brad Rosen guy looks like he's 25 years old and he was just a director of statistical analysis. Like what, what do you do? Like, what does this guy do next? Like you just go to a different team and crunch numbers for the boys. Like does no, every team probably have- do some like digital marketing job for Grubhub. <laughs> What, dude? That was so out of left field. It's not digital marketing, dude. It's all about analysis on, like, fucking Google Analytics and shit. All right. I guess, I mean, that was over my head, dude, but I'll go with it. I mean, good luck at the Grubhub corporate <laughs> HQ, dude. I just thought that was a weird, like, like, did you have, like, a personal, like, situation with, like, Grubhub Media? No, I just, I, I just pulled, I pulled Grubhub out of my ass. I got Grubhub today. All right. There you go. Um, so Patrick Hornquist is going to the to the Panthers. Matson's going back to the Penguins. Uh, just a couple of interesting tidbits. Uh, Elliot Freeman on Matson. When he, do you remember a couple of years ago when he hit and pinned Pedersen and he like slammed him on the ice and everybody like wanted him to be bo- like abolished from the league? Yeah, last year I think. So when he hit Pedersen and got that suspension, he was really affected about how it played out on social media. It bothered him. It hurt. Panthers believe that it affected his play, and they think that he backed off after that. Um, I mean, dude, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if that's exactly what happened. Like, he made a fucking okay hockey play, and then before you know it, people are, like, saying how he should be banned from the league. And, like, I don't know. Some people are a little bit easier with taking constructive criticism, dude. But, like, if I was in the NHL and I fucking, like, finished my hit and then everybody's like, Jimmy Collins is the worst fucking player of all time. Yeah, it, it probably hurt a little bit. Yeah, I guess, dude. I just – it's just weird to me uh, that – he was, good. he was like a good defenseman. He wasn't. Yeah, he was pretty good, dude. Larry, he went to Boston College. Like, I feel like he's always been hyped up more than he actually like was. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like I remember when he first kind of came in. It was like 2015, 2016, and everyone was like this big, strong defenseman. Played at BC. Like he kind of had that swagger, but I just never thought he'd put it together. Right? Like it just never felt like he became a complete defenseman. And like I, you can't have your defenseman getting upset um because they threw like a dirty hit and like twitter's mad i'm like you allegedly a dirty hit dude it depends on when you started watching hockey yeah and i know and i know it wasn't a dirty hit that's not what i meant it's just like you can't you can't let that bother you uh no i would agree dude i just think i don't know man for that i think it's easier said than done because i i'll never be put in that position but i know that like that would get to me for sure yeah I, I think, too, dude, one other thing I wanted to point out, Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm pretty sure, and I'm trying to confirm it, I'm pretty sure that Matheson got drafted by the Penguins. Uh, oh, no, he didn't. I'm completely wrong. I take that back. He's been a Florida Panther the whole way, so never mind. I'm an idiot. No, you corrected yourself. That was, yeah, that was. I was thinking of Kapanen, because you know how Kapanen got drafted by the Penguins and then he got traded to Toronto, now he's a Penguin again. He I was just thinking. Twice, dude. Stars aligned twice. <laughs> yeah, so. But uh, Patrick Hornquist on waving his no trade clause to join the Panthers. When I found out Pittsburgh didn't want me and Florida wanted me, it was an easy choice. I kind of like that whole – you know I'm a huge grudge guy. If I was ever in the league and I got traded, I would fucking hate that team till the day that I died. Did you see the photo of the person allegedly his neighbor saying that his equipment was in the driveway? I love that, dude. Like, yeah, I don't know if that photo is <laughs> true or not. Um, but I kind of like that too, and it makes sense. Like – I'm not a Patrick Hornquist guy, but, like, when we talk about him on the podcast, like, he's always annoying. Like, you know, he, played he, would be, he would be an awesome Bruin. 
Yeah, I know, but as like a when he plays the Bruins, I'm always like, "Fuck Hornquist!" Like, yeah, yeah. Hornquist is acting tough again, but like you love it, and like I, I think this shows you can't just like manufacture that hate. Like, I feel like for someone to play hockey the way that Patrick Hornquist plays hockey, you just have to have this screw loose where you just like you don't care. And the fact that he was basically like, I love his attitude. It's like, yeah, I'll wave my no trade clause. Like this team wants me. You don't smell you later. Like, I love that. I, I never understood why a team would be like, Oh no, like I don't want to go to Buffalo. Like I'll stick it here with you guys while like, you're like pissed off that I'm still here. Like who would want to be a part of that situation? So I love that. Um, and I love the move in the driveway. Is putting the equipment in the driveway, the most head move of all time. Yeah, I mean, and let's be real too, dude. I there's no better place. I don't think there's a better place to air hockey equipment out than on concrete or like mm-hmm. pavement. You know what I mean? Well, dude, the best part about that is like, I feel like a majority of the time, if somebody were to do that, they'd be like, "This, this is going to get on social media. I want like a little bit of attention here." I don't think he ever for a second thought that that picture was going out there. So he literally just threw his fucking gear out in the fucking driveway. He's like, fuck this team. I love that. Yeah, dude. And the other thing too, this guy's got two Stanley cups and he's going to go down and live in Florida. And like, that's not bad. Like, that's not a bad deal. Like you have two cups, you're going down to Florida and we heart, we like crap on the Panthers a ton, but they do have some young talent down there. Yeah. And they have Q. Like, Quinville's their coach now. Like, Bob is a shitty contract. and But if he bounces back, if Bobrovsky has – he's every other year almost. You know what I mean? If he bounces back next year, then, of course, the Panthers will be in contention. It's not a bad team. So, you get your cups in Pittsburgh. They don't want you anymore. And you're like, hell yeah, I'll go to the Panthers and figure this out. I loved it. I love the attitude. <laughs> the only thing I'd be on – easy about is going to florida during covid because i feel like it's just open (laughs) that's true dude i don't know when they're gonna like i don't know do you have any idea when like training camp is that like even like in the realm of the world because what's so confusing to me right now (laughs) every time there's like a signing or a trade i always get so thrown off it's like the playoffs are happening yeah it's definitely weird uh reporting by elliot freeman on hockey night that the nhl bubbles cost 75 to 90 million dollars total the nba bubble was 170 million obviously we won't see nhl bubbles again so like how long until the florida panthers fuck that up i don't know because baseball's kind of worked too and i hasn't baseball worked i know there was definitely like i think tampa bay rays like had miami marlins and then i think the rays did too and I think both of them did, and I think they basically were just like, all right, like, I think they forfeit games. I don't really know what's been going on with baseball. I just hope they – I hope – and not to, like, get too far into this rabbit hole, I just hope they don't kind of do what baseball did, where I hate that – and I know it's kind of what the NHL did last year, but I don't – I just want eight teams in the playoffs from each conference next year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want the double bubble if we can't play as many games. Like, I just want eight teams. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm sick of these 20-team playoffs. I do too, especially because the Rangers are going to make it next year. <laughs> so that'd be big. Um, we're just going to move on. This one should be quick. Jeff Petrie signed a four-year, $25 million contract extension with the Canadians. The one thing I thought that was really cool about this is Petrie came out and said that, like, what made him come to this decision was the fact that Yemi and Nick Suzuki played that sick in the playoffs, and he thought the team was going in the right direction. And as, like – as fans or even as your owner, GM, whatever, if you hear a defenseman say that, he's been kind of like a pretty st- pretty good guy for you for however long he's been on the Canadians. I think that says a lot. Yeah, 100%, dude. I think Jeff Petrie's one of those defensemen. I know 
we kind of went down the Andy Green thing. We've talked about different D. I definitely think Jeff Petrie is one of those defensemen that I changed my mind on. Um, like when he was an Oiler, like Jeff Petrie, the Oiler, like I He's was not a fan of. Yeah, right. When he went to the Canadians, you're like, oh, we got Jeff Petrie. But he kind of earned his stripes over time. Like he is the number two defenseman there. And I think, I think in a perfect world, he's a second pair defenseman. But I don't know. If I was a Canadians fan, I think that's a fair contract. I like it. Jeff Petrie's a good player. Also, just tying this back, this is kind of crazy. Jeff Petrie and Tori Krug were on the same college team one year, Michigan State, 0-9-10. I mean, that's a pretty good one-two punch in college hockey. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. College hockey seems to be the place to go with all this, like, controversy going on with, like, the juniors in Canada and shit. But Oh, really? I thought it was the opposite. I thought college kids were going to Canada. No, I think I think there's, like, a huge lawsuit going on with, like, Canadian Junior Hockey League. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I don't know. That's I don't have the information, so I don't really want to talk about it. Uh, last NHL story, inside trading. Jets are serious about listening for Patrick Laine. LeBron states Columbus Blue Jackets are a team to have some interest. Can you imagine Patrick Laine on a team with John Tortorella? Yeah, I mean, that seems like a really weird fit. But if you think about it, John Tortorella teams and, like, the Rangers, they always had that one guy, like Gabrick. Right. Who just didn't fit the mold and like Tortorella hated him, but it happened. Um, and who knows, dude, maybe Tortorella puts the fear of God into line A and he becomes like an every night goal scorer. Like we talked about, we, everyone shits on Patrick line. A. look up his stats. Like he is still an elite goal scorer in the NHL. And like, I would be happy to have him. Yeah. I remember that one year where we're like, yeah, well, and I sucked this whole year. And then it was the end of the year. We looked, he had like 31 goals. Yeah. And I'm not saying he had 63 points in 68 games this year. Like not, not great, but, like, he's pretty much a point-per-game player. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, so I don't know. It, I still think if Winnipeg trades Line, that's stupid. Like, if you trade Line, and people are probably going to think this is over the top, like, I honestly think you need, like, a stud young defenseman coming back. Like, yeah. Like, Wierenski. Like, like, I think Line is just as important to a team as Zach Wierenski, and people might hate that take, but, like, I just don't – like, they're not going to trade Seth Jones. I have Seth Jones. But, like, Patrick Laine is the goal scorer the Columbus Blue Jackets don't have. Yeah. No, Definitely I, a weird fit, though. It, I don't know. I, I would be pumped to see him go to Columbus. Uh, we'll see. But that, that's kind of the NHL in the news, at least for this week. And then Stanley Cup Finals, some new, new stuff came out today. Uh, John Cooper said Steven Stamkos is done for the series. Hopefully the next time we see him on the ice is for a trophy presentation. The one game he played in, man, like, I got chirped for this because, like, I literally got chills. Like, can you imagine not being able to play the entire playoffs and the one game you play, like, you score? Was it his first shift? I don't know. He only – he played barely at all on the fourth line. He goes in and scores. I thought that was sick. What a moment for him. What do you have on this? Yeah, it was a rip, dude. I remember watching that game. It was kind of annoying that game because they're like, oh, like, he's not playing like he's playing. Um, I think ultimately it comes down. Steve Stamkos just sat in this bubble supporting his teammates for like two months and now they're at this shitty hotel in Edmonton Alberta like in the middle of September and he got his one chance he got his one game he scored a goal and I think now like I think to be as good as Steve Stamkos you have to be a competitor and I think ultimately Steve Stamkos like wanted to feel like he contributed in some way in order to lift the Stanley Cup you know what I mean and he looks his hair looks sick oh and warm-ups and stuff dude yeah he just has that element it is crazy to think about because, and we'll get into it, like the Lightning are so dominant this year and they're like so stacked and like Stamkos is not out there. Like he's <laughs> not, not out there, dude. Like that's insane. Like their captain isn't out there. I know 
he's probably not their best forward anymore. Um, yeah, at, I just can't hammer that home enough. I it was a cool it was a cool moment, but also I still this is a good segue. I hate John Cooper. Like, hopefully next time we see him on the ice is a trophy presentation. It's like cram it in your cram hole, dude. Like, hold, like why are you why are you saying that? I just I just feel like he's. I don't know. Doesn't that feel like kind of like a jinx move almost? Like you can't be talking about like the post game celebration before it happens, even if you're up three two. It's like finish the job. Yeah, I w- I don't know. I wouldn't have said it like that. I think maybe he did that just so like he gave the respect to Stamkos. I'm not sure, uh, but I don't know. Right now, the series series is three two. Um, the Stars won in uh, overtime last night, but also. Oh, the Lightning won an overtime game. Kevin Shattenkirk off of a Jamie Ben penalty. There was tons of uh, controversy surrounding that. Uh, what, what do you have on that before I kind of – because I, I need to talk about Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski at some point. Yeah, I just think, uh, one, Shattenkirk goal, awesome. It's kind of funny. It's just funny with everything that happened with the Rangers, seeing him score goals like in the Stanley Cup finals is wild to win games. Jamie Ben penalty, dude, I just think it comes down to – I think some people who are saying it was a ridiculous call are kind of reaching a little bit like, but ultimately I think it was a physical play and Jamie Ben's just a different level of man compared to Tyler Johnson. And that's one of those things where those two guys connect Tyler Johnson's going to go down and that's what happened. I think the ultimate issue though is like the NHL needs to put their whistle away in like overtime. Like you just, Unless it's like- is the most blatant like hook on a, yeah. on like a breakaway ever or something like that. Fine, but like you gotta put your whistle away. Let them play it out. Well, it's not even that. You would think that they would want to do that because I don't know if I was a ref, I wouldn't call shit because if I called something that was fucking bad, I wouldn't want to be under the fucking limelight about that. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that too. So I don't know. I thought it was a weird call, but I'm not gonna shit on the refs too much. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski. We've talked about these guys the last few of podcasts. Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski have scored the last six goals for Dallas. Uh, Corey Perry is the fifth player in NHL history to score five playoff overtime goals in his career. Joe Pavelski is now the all-time playoff goals leader among U.S.-born players. These guys are just on a different level right now. Yeah, we can kind of go one by one. I think if you want to start with Perry, uh, I mean, the overtime goal, just like getting to that loose puck, like everyone's tired. It's a scramble. Getting to it was perfect. Two goals in that game, dude. Two fucking goals. Just – to me, Corey Perry's the biggest surprise because I think we talked about – we definitely talked about this when they made these signings. So it was like at the end of the day, like it is Corey Perry. Like he's a okay – like you know what he's going to bring you, and he's and he's done it in the playoffs. Like he's performed. Corey Perry signed a one-year $3.5 million contract with the Stars this year. He's going to be a free agent. He's 35 years old, and he put up 21 points in 57 games. But like if you're watching the playoffs right now and the way he's playing the Stanley Cup Finals – and you're a team that's, like, on the cusp. Like, you want Corey Perry on your team, no? Yes, dude. And he's a rat. And he plays the same way he's always played. And it's crazy that January 1st, 2020, that was when Corey Perry, like, took one shift in that outdoor game, got got kicked out, and then had to walk, like, about a half mile down a fucking runway to go to the bench with everybody just screaming shame at him. And now he's scoring the overtime game winner uh, in the playoffs. It's unreal. Yeah. No, I agree. So, that was cool. And then – if you want to talk about uh, Pavelski, I mean, we talked about it before. He was my hero of the week last week. He scores that goal to break it. I don't know if you saw – do you see the post-game interview when he was with Sagan and someone asked him how he felt about it? 
about like tying like the American record. And he was basically just like, get the fuck out of my face with that. Like we just lost. We're trying to like win the Stanley cup. They went down three, one. And he was basically like, don't talk to me about that. Uh, And then Pierre tried to corner him before game five, Pierre tried to corner him again. And Pavelski was like, yeah, like I'll look at it at some point, Pierre, but like, leave me alone. Like (laughs) we're trying to win hockey games. So I just think like, it just goes to show, dude. I was like, before when I was talking about some guys are just a different breed. Like Joe Pavelski is definitely a different breed. Uh, and he's a goal scorer. Like, we talked about it when he signed that contract. Like, maybe that sucks at the end, but what the Dallas Stars are getting right, right now, like, well, you got to accept that contract. Yeah, 100%. Like, it, I don't know. I'm, help, I'm happy for Pavelski. It'd be cool to see him get a cup. Um, and then just, like, one last thing on this. Uh, Tyler Sagan has, has been pretty quiet, but he's assisted on the last five Stars goals, two in game four on all three in game five. So it looks like Sagan's finally starting to come alive. Tattoos are popping. He put his yeah tattoos are popping a little bit more. Um, we have one more segment. Let's do our Dominic Moore Heroes and Zeros, brought to you by Dominic Moore, dude. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just gonna take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. Thanks, Dom. Uh, hero and Zero of the Week. My hero obviously goes out to Jeff Gordon. Talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, it's been a few years since he sent out the letter, and just everything he's done since then has been perfect. I really appreciate it, the fact that he's at the helm, and I think it kind of really shows that he was a big part with the Bruins uh, with their run and, and less on Peter Shirelli and more on Jeff Gordon. So shout-out to that guy. Uh, and my yeah, – we'll talk about our zero because I think we're going to have the same zero. So what's your hero? Yeah, my hero, I follow Bruce Cassidy's brother on Twitter. I don't want to dox the guy. It's definitely a weird move, but I just wanted to read this tweet. Uh, from the Boston Bruins coach, coach's uh, little brother, who's a big Ottawa Senators fan. Big Ottawa Senators fan. Those not in the Ottawa market won't understand the level of rage letting uh, Borowetsky leave. Such a pivotal part of the community, a leader and a warrior on the ice, and somebody you absolutely want guiding the young core. And yet, fucking Melnick, absolute clown show down here. Save us, NHL. So it seems like Bruce Cassidy's brother was also a huge Boro guy. Um, and he's going to be missing Ottawa. I just wanted to throw that out there. That guy's a free agent. That's going to be an exciting free agent frenzy signing. Maybe, Rangers sign him. Maybe he goes to the Rangers. I don't even know what I'd do if we got Boro Cop, dude. You got to get that jersey, though, right? Yes, 100%. That would be unbelievable. Like, the guy single-handedly, like, won me and my dad, like, back-to-back-to-back fantasy hockey championships because of just how many fucking penalty minutes. Penalty minutes, you think? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. My favorite thing about Borowetsky, too, is just he has the most ridiculous pinches to try to lay out hits. Like, he will literally skate from blue line to blue line to try to keep the puck, and it never works, but he always finishes his hit. Borowetsky and Brennan Smith are kind of cut from the same cloth, but, like, Brennan Smith's, like, the pretty boy version of Borocop, where Borocop, like, he he doesn't eat anything. He just drinks coffee. Yeah. Yeah, black. Yeah, black coffee. Uh, Zero of the week. I think we're doing the same one. NHL came out this video essentially trying to hype people up because like when you're playing in the playoffs, injuries happen, you're blocking shots, you're, you know, you're taking hits and you're playing through it to have a chance to win this, to win a fucking Stanley cup. It's been like that for fucking years, dude. Like Sam coast took a slap shot to the face. He came back. That was a few years ago. Um, I mean, Derek Stepan got elbowed in the face by Brandon Pruss, broke his jaw. He ended up coming back. I mean, these are just two ones that pop on the top of my head that there's thousands of other ones. Um, so they put out this video, and of course, people are pissed off about it because you're glorifying injuries in hockey. Uh, I tweeted out, like, we should probably 
stop taking uh stop blocking shots they should ban blocking shots and any shot over 30 miles an hour should be a penalty and like there were people literally tweeting at me and being like are you serious dude so the fact that like that's even a realm of like people actually believing that i would believe in that it's kind of alarming uh i thought this was so fucking stupid dude like you do what you have to do to win a Stanley Cup. And the fact that these people have opinions, who gives a fuck what you think, dude, because you're not the person out there doing it. Like, I think that's what it comes down to. There's they, All these people have all these opinions of these NHL players, but, like, you're not a fucking NHL player. Like, you don't know. You don't fucking know. And, like, I, I just – I don't know. Every single player in that video, I'm sure if you were to ask them if they would do that over again, 1,000% they would say yes. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I just thought, like, the craziest part to me – was I saw that video and I didn't like necessarily think it was like that cool. Like I didn't think it was like sick, but I also like not a second in my head went by that. I was like, they're glorifying injury right now. Like that just wasn't like how I saw that. I just saw it as like a block shots win championships commercial. Like that was the ultimate message. And I thought, and like, I made this point before, but like, if it was just like Matt Cook taking off, like, Mark Savard's head and like, like that that's a hundred percent different but it's a dude laying down like putting his body on the line and like purposely blocking a shot knowing it's gonna hurt like for the team like and the team's going nuts and like everybody loves it like and that's just like hockey it's not it's nothing else like it's not glorifying injury I didn't I didn't understand that I just didn't understand that side of, like, thinking at all. You know what I mean? Like, even to go further, like, if you played hockey, like, and someone, like, blocks a shot in beer league by accident, it jacks you up. Like, well, it's just a block shot. That's what it is. Like, it gets it gets everyone going. Have you ever seen the movie Slapshot 2? No, we've talked about this. You always tell me to watch it, I think. No, Slapshot 2 is essentially, like, they take – the regular people from Slapshot and they're like their team gets bought and they it's essentially oh, yeah. the Harlem Globetrotters of hockey where like they're the shitty team and there's another like fucking really cool team that and they're not supposed to be hitting and shit. This is what the hockey's actually turning into. You have like the older crowd that like actually loves the game of hockey and then you have the newer crowd who probably haven't played or they say that they've coached but I'm sure they probably have losing records and all these people being like, oh, yeah, do your spinoramas, no hitting, like, leave everybody alone. At the end of the day, we can all lift the Stanley Cup together. Like, that is it's what's happening, man, and it's fucking pathetic. I, I can't stand it. Like, I don't even like going on Twitter anymore because something's going to happen where somebody's going to be pissed off, and then they're going to tweet something, and then you have a ton of other people with, like, this fucking, oh, everybody actually gives a shit what I have to think. I'm going to get a ton of retweets because I'm going to look like the guy on the white horse. Like, go fuck yourself, dude. Okay, can we can we talk about how, and we can maybe close with this. Can we talk about how, on your junior college team, you talked about how you had previously led a team and blocked shots. Yeah, dude. So that was one of the things. There was an excerpt, an excerpt in the media guide, and like you had to like put your stats from your previous teams. And like I wasn't gonna say, hey, I scored two goals my senior year in hockey. No, I fucking led the league in blocked shots, dude. Like. I'm I'm surprised I could I, I could probably sue my, my college for putting out such a glorifying statistic like that. Right, because I mean, really, all the school is doing was objectifying your injuries. Objectifying just, my injuries. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right word. I don't know, man. I just we can block shots, and I actually like the move too. The NHL got ratioed on that pretty bad, but they didn't uh, they didn't delete it, so they they, kind just, of they just it. did. They they deleted it like a couple days ago. Oh, so it took – it was like a 72-hour situation. I just – ah, man. It's, it makes 
it makes me so mad that like they're caving into this fucking brand of like non-hockey people. And that's going to piss people off. Oh, I'm a non-hockey person. I order NHL center ice. Oh, I'm a non-hockey person. I played fucking three years, Bantam C. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're not in the NHL. So I don't think you have any right to be fucking telling me what these players do or feel or anything along those lines. And again, you ask any of those players, hey, would you do that again? Would you block that shot for a chance of a Stanley Cup? Every single time they're going to say yes. Yeah. And then, too, dude, just the – I said this to media. The one thing that kind of tripped me up, too, is, like, people who, like, are, like, beat writers or, like, work for The Athletic, and they were, like, writing about how that tweet was messed up. But they're, like, the first ones to be, like, Patrice Bergeron played with a punctured lung. Like, he's a hero. It's, like, the same thing. I guess it was just in video form. But, like, what's the difference between a book and a movie if it says the same thing? It's insane. I, I tweeted out the video of Gregory Campbell. Like, if the Gregory Campbell thing happened in this year's playoffs, there would – the world would explode. They would be like, why didn't they go to it? Why didn't they black out the TV? He broke his leg. That is glorifying the injury. Like, no, he fucking blocked a shot for the boys. Like, it's not that fucking hard to comprehend. Yeah, I've, like, seen two – and it's crazy to think about, too. Like, 10 years ago, like, one of the top YouTube probably hockey clips was that clip of that, like, Sabres goal again, his throat slash. Remember you used to see that, like, all the time? Yeah. Like, that was always, like, a hot tip. And, like, now, like, can you imagine if that happened today? Like, I – I don't know. I'm getting away from the point, but it was a dumb, it was a dumb situation. Dude, it's just so fucking stupid and it's exhausting and I don't know, but I think that's what we have for the podcast. How do you have anything else? Oh, I really quick daily dose of Dale. All I wanted to say on that Dale goes to Detroit and Mark Stahl gets traded like while he's there. So I don't know. Next time you need a player out, you just got to send Dale on a cross country trip in his RV to get that player sent. Yeah, I just – I don't know. Shout out to Dale for getting the dog. I'm happy for him. My <laughs> dog's paws are bigger, but we'll uh, put that on a T-shirt. We'll uh, – oh, speaking of that, no, we shouldn't speak of that. Okay, um, that is what we have for this podcast, and we will talk to you guys next week. Here's Shani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Khalifa, man. Khalifa, man. My weed good. My weed good. Fingernails clean now. I don't do nothing but peel money and touch bitches. Tell them go hard. Yup. That's what I'ma do. Yeah. Juliano on the track. Taylor Gang is the family. Heavy hustle. Rush. Yup. Nigga tried take us, take me hundred on the frames just for blocking out you haters. Haters, swear to in my waiting in my rear view mirror. If a nigga act stupid, I'ma let him get his issues. Everything designer in my back seats for kind. I got a thing for living good and blowing money like it's tissue. But niggas see you eating, get the starving for a plate when you don't give them when they hate. That's why my niggas keep the biscuit. It's no gimmick, I talk it how I live it. So a nigga cross the finish, gotta push it to the limit. Mom and little sister, I plan on taking care of Lost my uncle this year, a couple niggas in the system So I broke, no telling where I'm landing But I know something that I'm going towards some money I can see you niggas liking every day I'm on my job Uncle Leaf going hard till I'm the last man standing